think, like some others, that adult learning principles sound like old, outdated approaches, something that was dreamed up in the 1970s and 80s and surely can't still be relevant. Well, in this episode, we'll explore how we can apply adult learning principles to supercharge our webinars. Yes, as we discussed in an earlier episode, Malcolm Knowles identified six key adult learning principles back in 1970. For this episode, we're going to use the seven conditions that need to exist if we want adults to learn effectively, as outlined in the book, How to Teach Adults in a Fun and Exciting Way by Doug Maloof. These are as follows. Learners must feel a need to learn. The learning environment must be mentally and socially safe. Learners must set their own learning goals. Learners must participate actively in the learning process. Learning must build on and use the learner's experience. Learners must see that their learning has been successful. And finally, learning must involve effective two-way communication. So let's apply these, John, to our webinar situation. It's important that the adults attending our webinars feel a need to learn about the topic being discussed. Maybe 10 years ago, we could run a webinar and hope people might attend due to the novelty of the online platform. Uh, but fast forward to today, and thanks to COVID-19, many of us are overwhelmed by the number of online events we can attend. Ah, uh, yes, sad but true, Denise. An easy way to find out what interests our audience is to just ask them. At the end of one event, whether it be a physical event or an online one, we can ask our audience what they'd like to hear about in the future. That way, they're driving the agenda and we'll know they'll be interested. Another way is to ask a similar question as part of our post-event evaluation. Since we're already getting their feedback, just slip in an extra question about what other topics would interest them in the future. Or perhaps better still, send out a separate survey with just one question. What is your single biggest professional challenge right now? We can tweak that so it makes sense to whatever audience we're targeting. I've done this before, and I'm often delighted with the topic suggestions that I would never have thought of covering myself. Often, the direct approach of just asking people is better than trying to second guess them ourselves. By doing this, we can be confident that the topic of our webinar will be relevant to our audience. Definitely, John. <laughs> uh, we know that not everyone is comfortable in an online environment. And yet we know that it's important that the learning environment be mentally and socially safe. That's where we can run a few deliberate activities at the beginning of our webinars to create the environment we're after. Uh, John often starts a webinar five or 10 minutes before the official start time and shares some photos of some recent bushwalks he's done or some local flowers he's taken photographs of. That small act of self-disclosure can help make others feel 
a little more relaxed. I also like to introduce them to some of the technology we'll use in the webinar during the beginning phase. So if I know that I need them to type messages into the chat box or use an online polling platform later, then I get them to practice doing that in the early stages of the webinar with some less important information, such as the loca their location or their current weather. And that way they feel more confident using that technology later on when it really counts. If it's appropriate, I'll also say that there are no wrong or, wrong or right answers when I'm asking them to share their experiences. Those are great examples, Denise. It's helpful for the learners to set their own learning goals for a particular activity. While many would be aware of why they are attending an event, such as a webinar, I helped make it explicit by inviting them to share that during an early breakout room session. I'll often run a session like this early on as it helps the participants not only meet a few new people, but for them to realize that they are all there to learn something new. I'll usually invite them to introduce themselves with their name, location, and what they most want to get out of the session. We can also invite them to share that in the chat box so we can ensure that we cover the topics of most importance to the attendees. In Doug Malouf's book, he emphasizes the need to actively engage learners in the learning process. In webinars, we can do this by inviting the participants to contribute their ideas so they can help build the overall picture. It shouldn't be us lecturing at them for the duration of the webinar, but be a balance of material contributed by us and them. That will also give them greater ownership of the material covered. We can do that by building on and using the learner's experience. It's useful to know what the participants already know about a particular topic and then build on that. This respects their existing knowledge and experience. Otherwise, it's a waste of our time and theirs. One way to find this out is to get people to register for our webinar and include that as one of the registration questions. We could also use a poll early in the webinar to gauge their existing knowledge on the topic, which then lets us know at which level to pitch our presentation. Another option is to use breakout rooms and allow participants to share their knowledge and ideas with their small group. It doesn't always need to be just us delivering the information, Denise. Seems to be a bit of a theme, John. <laughs> Adult learning works best when learners can see that their learning has been successful. We can help emphasize this by running a poll at the end of the webinar, asking participants to list the most useful things they learned during the event. We could also invite them to share these things in a breakout room towards the end of the webinar, um, which can help raise the overall energy levels of the event. I've also set aside time at the end of a webinar and invited participants to mute themselves and turn off their camera and spend just a couple of minutes in silence, jotting down their takeaways and maybe an action step. Um, this can feel daunting to do, but in my experience, people really appreciate a minute or so of silence to reflect before finishing and then dashing off to the next thing, John. <laughs> yes, that's a great way of doing things, Denise. And when we design our webinar, we need to make sure that we involve effective two-way communication as much as possible. This takes extra time, but ensures the learning is effective. As a webinar presenter, 
I like to include some of the things I learned during the webinar from the other participants. This shows that I too have been listening and emphasizes the two-way flow of information and ideas. In conclusion, by incorporating these adult learning principles and approaches in our webinars, we're going to make them not only more effective for the learners, but more fun and enjoyable for all involved. <laughs> that just goes to show that adult learning principles are as important today as back in the 1970s when Malcolm Knowles first discussed them. Finally, in keeping with the principle of two-way communication, We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas about using adult learning principles. Add a comment below the blog post. And while you're there, please rate this particular episode on a five-point scale so that we can tell whether it's been useful or not. All the best until we meet again. Bye.